This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> it is a good Thursday morning on Birds 365. You've got Mac and Matt, John McMullen and Jody McDonald. And oh, by the way, today is, I've done a whole bunch of uh, double Mac attack days, but that would be just a reference to me doing two shows on the air. Oh, we've got a double dip, double Mac attack day today. Because thank you for tuning in to the early edition of Birds 365. There will be a later edition of Birds 365 today. Both yours truly and John McMullen will be out live at Screwballs on Beetler Road in King of Prussia later today. Live taping of uh, a Birds 365 show. We'll probably start the taping around 615 so come on out. I've been to Screwballs before. Have you been to Screwballs before, J-Mac? I have never been to Screwballs before. I've done uh, many remotes, but never at Screwballs. So we're looking forward to it. Good spot. Good good eats. Get out there a little early. We'll grab a bite before we actually start taping. Well, uh, I'm going to have to. You know, you got a South Jerry. You know, you're coming the same way. That's a tough. That's swimming upstream. We're salmon, Jody. A little, little bit, depending on uh, now I've done it in like record time, but I've also done it over the course of hours. It's probably about 20 <laughs> some odd hours, 20 some odd miles from my house. And it's taken hours. You never yeah. know what you're going to face on the Schuylkill Expressway. Hopefully no massive traffic today, but I'm very much looking forward to uh, hanging out with you a little later tonight. But we got a show to do now for the next two hours here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. What do you do with your off day yesterday, McMullen? Uh, pretty much what I said, and now I feel bad because I'm thinking you texted me early about NXT and I forgot to get back to you, but I was just writing all day, you know, I was trying to, uh, catch up and, and, and do some different things. And, um, you know, you get into the, the grind of the season. We talk about coaches and, you know, how much they work and man, it flies by it really does. Cause you're always doing something every day. You got to do something. You know, it's nice um, to take a breath. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad if you got a breath in yesterday, you should have watched NXT, as I told you, because it was a really good ending. I can't believe Johnny Gargano is going to step away. And I've not always been the biggest NXT fan. I didn't jump immediately to it when they developed it. And the like the last couple of years, I've been a uh, Tuesday night devotee. But he's been there since day one, right? Pretty much. Not day one. I mean, they started really... I, I'm the exact opposite. I used to love NXT. Now I can't watch it because Vince McMahon stepped in and ruined it. And, oh, it's it's just a terrible show right now. But I did... I read about Johnny Gargano. Sounds to me, and I have no idea, sounds to me like 
he's going to have a, 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 a kid soon. Sounds to me he's taking some time off and, and uh, he's going to come back because they did an angle, I, I guess. So it, it's typically his contract is ending. So that's one of those things. It's a bigger deal now because of AEW. We're getting off into the early wrestling tangent. So, but I, and Johnny Gargano, for anybody who doesn't know wrestling, is a great, great wrestler, but he's really small. So there's a limitation. Like Vince McMahon, you got to be 6'4", 270 right. to be a main eventer. Um, whereas Tony Khan, I advocate to anybody, Adam Cole, somebody like Johnny Gargano, look, go to AEW if they want you. But Tony can't pay everybody, you know. So he doesn't make as much money. So, you know, I sometimes I think that's Vince's plan as well. Just flood the market and say, all right, go pay these guys. They're not difference makers. Um, so I don't know. That's my conspiracy. Uh, yeah. My and early I conspiracy. Did, didn't mean to get off on an NXT, <laughs> but you reminded me that you didn't text me back there. If I told you watch the end of NXT. So that's why I brought it up. I right, uh, switching back to the Eagles where size does matter too. Um, Eagles are in the midst of the bye week. Everybody's got some downtime, and that's a good thing for their offensive line because, damn, if they haven't been carrying this football team. We like to talk about the quarterback. Yeah, got him in, yeah. in, puts up the 100 and change quarterback rate, perfect in the first half. Jalen Hurts is doing things, running the football that we've never seen with an Eagle quarterback before, but his passing accuracy is a question. This is all legit questions for one reason, one reason only. The offensive line. They open up holes on the running game. The Eagles are in the midst of a run of running that they've never done before as an organization. And it's several different backs that are getting the job done. If there was one guy back there who was in the top five in the NFL rushing, we'd give him all the credit. Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard, Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell. Doesn't matter who it is. They're all getting uh, good game production, almost game in and game out. How is that? Because of the offensive line. Because they're playing to the level that they're playing. And remember, they're playing without their two starting guards and have been for the great majority of the season. Uh, I think we're very good here at Birds 365 and giving Stoutland the credit that he deserves. Uh, But from time to time, we forget to just give the individual players credit. Right now, this Eagle offensive line, and I know how good it was when they went to the Super Bowl, John. I think it's playing on that par. I think it's playing on that level. We're seeing that kind of offensive line play right now in the Philadelphia Eagles. I agree. I think you can argue it's better. And I know that's a big statement. But if you think about the Super Bowl season, I think people forget, you know, Jason Peters was still, this is at the end of his career, but was still a a good player. But he got injured. It was, you know, the torn ACL. So Halapoli Vati Vati was in there for, basically the second half of the season. Um, And he did a a great job, yeoman work, all that kind of stuff, but he still was a young developing player who had some significant issues as well. And now you got Jordan Mailata, who we talked about a little bit yesterday when we're throwing out some grades. I mean, that guy's, he's, he's in the, he's in the pro bowl conversation. In fact, at this point, I'd be stunned if he didn't make it. Look, the only reason I say, you know, you have Trent Williams, who I say is historic, all-time, one of the best left tackles ever, um, is still playing at that kind of level with San Francisco. So he's not the best left tackle in football, but he's in the conversation to be the second-best left tackle. 
Lane Johnson's Lane Johnson. Now we know he had the issues with mental health and he wasn't there the whole time, but now he's ramping up to being what he typically is. And Jason Kelsey's still playing. And and I'm saying it now. I said, you know, people would ask me, is he a Hall of Fame player? I say, well, he needs a couple more years. He's a Hall of Fame player uh, right now, period. You know, the way his peers react to him, he's become one of those guys. I always, you know, the Eagles put a clip up of Jordan Mailata going on the field. I don't know if you saw it, Jody, but, you know, he was doing his rock impression. I guess we're going to go wrestling heavy early because it's me. And he said the, the, the GOAT has come back to MetLife Stadium, that type of thing. He was talking about Kelsey, obviously. Um, he, he's just great. He really is. And then, you know, obviously they've had so many issues at guard. And Brandon Brooks, who's another Pro Bowl-level player, isn't even out there. And Isaac Sayamalo, who is – probably the most underrated player on the Eagles is not even out there. And now you've lost Jack Driscoll, who's played pretty well, I would say, um, as a replacement. And of course I'm getting to Landon Dickerson, you know, he's, he had some struggles early when he got thrown into the deep end of the pool. And remember he was coming off the torn ACL at, at Alabama and, and, it, and that happened in December. That happened in the SEC championship game. So um, it wasn't like in ACL during the season, September. No, it was really late. And so he didn't have a training camp. He didn't have an off season. Um, as far as practice went, he was just rehabbing, trying to get back. So it's understandable he was a little bit rusty. Man, he's good, and he's going to be good. And he's already Pro Bowl level when it comes to run blocking. When they do those combo blocks on the left side with Dickerson and Mylotta, oof, good luck. Those two guys are big and strong, and they just push people around. And he still needs some work on pass protection. But for a rookie, uh a left guard. And I said, you know, you know what I think of Devonte Smith. I might not be where you are. I know what you think of Devonte Smith, but I consistently say that kid's going to be a star. I think Landon Dickerson might end up being better at his position than Devonte Smith is at his position. And that's not an insult to Devonte Smith because I think Devonte is going to be really good. I think Landon might be even better long-term. So Howie Roseman finally went the Alabama route after years and years and years of ignoring it. Maybe stick with that because one and two look really, really good this 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 year. Yeah, we always are evaluating Howie Roseman, the drafter, and Howie Roseman, the early drafter, because he's much better in the uh, day three picks than he is in the first round picks, always sitting on two major victories this past year, very early to be judging. We don't even have a year in the books, uh, but early returns on both Alabama guys, as you point out, that he took have been outstanding. And you, do you still believe that Dickerson's best position is center? Because I know, well, you love him. I love him. Everybody loves him. Everybody in town loves him. Um, we're both uh, acknowledging that we think he's a Hall of Fame player. The one thing about Jason Kelsey is you never know when he's going to walk away. It, we, we've been waiting for it for minimum of three years now. After the Super Bowl, it started the conversation of actually, you know, 
I'm not sure. We'll see where it goes. I'm not that. And he just keeps coming back and coming back and coming back and playing at a Pro Bowl level, playing at, oh, playing at a Hall of Fame level. But it's kind of disconcerting when you're thinking about the future. Yes, we're all in the moment of 2021. And the Eagles are right there knocking on the door for a playoff spot. But then 2022 and 2023 are going to get here. And maybe you and I will still be doing first 365 into those seasons as well. We don't know if Jason Kelsey's going to be the center. And just judging Jason Kelsey on the way that he's handled his life and his time here in Philadelphia, he's going to try and walk away with no pomp and no circumstance. He's going to ask the Eagles to release a statement before all you guys who cover the team go nuts. When did Jason come? We have to be able to talk to Jason. We have to be able to see Jason, which, well, you should. But at some point, he's just going to walk away. Are they going to move Dickerson over to center? Because we may be two or three years into his Pro Bowl left guard level of play. Where's Dickerson going to end up playing more games for the Eagles, left guard or center? You know, I think it it it. You have to answer the question of who who is better long-term. You want to get your top five. Because the Eagles have said for a lot of years that center's probably Isaac Sayamalo's best position as well. And I know they rave about his intelligence, his smarts, and um, and that I've heard Landon Dickerson compared to Ryan Jensen, the big uh, uh, Tampa Bay center, who's just the, you know this dominant, different type of center than Jason Kelsey. But – dominant in his own right, big, nasty. So they have some options there. You know, I've always said, you know, knowing Stout for as long as I have, if you go way back to when the Eagles drafted Lane Johnson, I think people forget um, the the original plan was Lane would start at right tackle and then he'd move to be the left tackle when Jason Peters uh, finally retired. He never retired and just kept going and going, and going, and going. And one day, Stout showed up and said, you know what, Lane's so good at right tackle, I'm not moving him. Um, and that could be a similar situation here with with both players. In, in other words, he might say, you know, Isaac has developed into such a, a good left guard in this league, I'm not moving him. Or Landon really looks like he's going to be a star left guard. I'm not moving him, and he moves the other. I think that's the question. One of those two guys will be playing center if Jason Kelsey uh, moves on. The question is, you know, who would you rather have? Just what what is the duo? What is the tent? They're both going to play. It's just where are they going to play? And ultimately, I think, I think because of – his his understanding of the game and because they've seen Mylotta and Dickerson together for this extended period, I think Isaac would, would play center if Jason were to walk away after this season. And by the way, real quick about Jason walking away, he joked around about this, but he was serious. He said the only reason he, he's playing is the cafeteria at the Novacare Complex, which I can confirm is phenomenal, even though we're no longer allowed in there. Guys, come on, let us back. But, <laughs> um, and the, the locker room. So in a lot of ways, you know, if you go back to 2020 and all those restrictive COVID rules, if they kept that for another year, he might have walked away this year. So a lot of it is out of the Eagles' hands. Like, where does this go? 
is it going to keep going in a positive direction? Because you see around it, some places it's going in a negative direction. That could play into it as well. Because if he doesn't have that camaraderie and he can't eat with people in the cafeteria, he might say, you know what? He's married. He's got his kids. You know, just get just get out of here. Let me uh, hold you hold your feet to the fire here a little bit. And again, this year is a prime and perfect example of the best laid plans. We all think it's this easy. Just you figure out your starting five on your offensive line. You put them in the positions that you think they're best suited for playing with all the other guys. And then you let them go. Oh, here come injuries. Here comes COVID. Here comes issues. So you've got to be able to be flexible and move around and insert guys coming in off the bench. So even though I know this is an imperfect question, as an old school across the board, who are going to be your five starters? Assuming Brandon Brooks is not back, but assuming everyone else is, what is the Eagle offensive line going to look like if all are healthy and ready to go week one in 2022? Well, if Kelsey's back, obviously it becomes easier. It's Mylotta, it's Dickerson. Uh, excuse me, it's Mylotta, it's Sayamalo, it's it's Kelsey, it's Dickerson, and it's Johnson uh, from left to right. Um, if if Right, but if, didn't, didn't, didn't you just tell me that Dickerson and Mylotta have looked so phenomenal together that you might not want to mess with that left side you're telling me dickerson would move to the right side more so than say amalo yeah i think he would because i think you know that's one of the things and maybe you're right you shouldn't pay such deference to a veteran uh but the eagles and i've always i've always said this man for some reason because the eagles have so many good offensive linemen um People, uh, a lot of fans look at Isaac and say, you know, he's not that good. He's that Jeff Stoutman loves Isaac Sam. I mean, he loves him to death. I've said it numerous times on this show. Um, he's going to pay deference to that guy. And if it doesn't work out for some reason, but I think it will because you have the same philosophy on the right side. I mean, you have Dickerson and Johnson. It's just. Yeah, it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be the same dominance, just maybe a little bit more right-handed than left-handed. Um, they have so much respect for, and Stout has so much respect for Isaac Samalo. Um, I don't think they'd move him. Uh, I, I could be wrong, but that's the way I think he'd go. And remember, that's the way it was early this season until Isaac got hurt and Landon was playing right guard. Um and then he moved to left guard. Right. And it was just short term because Isaac went down as quickly as he did. But uh, uh, it'd be very interesting. And that adds to how good a player Dickerson was. You were just giving Howie Roseman credit for making that call in the second round, which, if you stop and think about it, really wasn't a surprising pick at all because the Eagles always do default to the trenches. When it's a debate as to who they should take, they almost always go – Let's get into the trenches and take an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman. That's exactly what they did. And damn, if it hasn't paid off, at least for the first 15, 14 games of his career. And Sam we're going to be at screwballs tonight, Jody. You're going to see one of those teams that the Eagles are going to make the playoffs over. And the reason why is because they can't get the offensive line right. And it's been years and years and years. Two teams I always point to. Seattle with Russell Wilson can't get the offensive line right. Minnesota can't get the offensive line right. 
terrible for years. And we're not even talking about teams like the Giants who are just god-awful offensive line. Your Jets have struggled. Many of the bad teams, you know, it's obvious. But those are teams that have been playoff teams, playoff level teams a lot of years with bad offensive lines. It's so much easier to win with a good offensive line. And it's so much easier to lose if you don't have a good offensive line. No matter what you have around you, because you think about the skill position players. We always talk about Rager versus Jefferson. Jefferson's phenomenal. Adam Thielen, for people who don't know, has been a great receiver for years. He's not going to play tonight. They have Dalvin Cook. He's probably not going to play tonight. But nonetheless, you get my point. All the skill position, it doesn't matter. You can't block. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And it's not sexy. And people want Jefferson. But it's better to have the offensive lineman. It really is. But that's why people get nuts about Jefferson, because they didn't take an offensive lineman instead of taking Jefferson. No, I'm not. They took Jalen Rager instead of Jefferson, and Jalen Rager is what he is. Awful. So yeah, that's why not, it will be not, continued rubbing a, salt it, in the wounds. And if John vote. McMullen points any fun at Eagle fans for saying, why the hell we don't have Jefferson, they're well within their rights to ask that question. It is, yes, there's no question about it. And, and But, my, you know, last week, you don't got to go back very long. Last week, the guy was unbelievable. I think he had 184 receiving yards. 184. Does Riker have 184 on the year? I have to check. I don't know. Does but, have 184 over both years? I think yeah. it's a more legitimate question. But, um, I should check that. But, um, you know, they lost to the worst team in football because they can't block anybody. So it, 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 uh, it's not – man. But I'm not insulting um, Justin Jefferson at all. He's a phenomenal player. Rager, by the way, a 208. So – he is slightly <laughs> yeah. ahead of last week's Justin yeah. Jefferson production. He's a, he's Way a, to go, Jalen. Look, he's a phenomenal player. He'd be great on this team. He'd be great every year. He he wouldn't be putting up the numbers though here because they don't have, you know, the quarterback to throw the football down the field, but he'd still be a great player. They made a mistake. I'm not saying they didn't make a mistake. I'm saying what I am saying is the offensive line and the defensive line are more important than skill position players in the NFL. And, oh, by the way, um, you're right about the Vikings offensive line. And it's not enough just to acknowledge it and be able to judge it and see that, oh, we're not good enough. We need to do what we have to do to fix it. You then have to be able to pick the right guys. You have to be able to draft and or sign via free agency or trade for the right guys. Because both the Vikings and the Giants – have said, yeah, we need yeah, to be better along yeah. the offensive I'm, line. I've said and all put, the time about the Giants, yeah. They put resources into it, but they just make mistakes on the resources. Yeah. Acknowledging it is nice. Fixing it is the necessary end of it. And neither one of them been good at it. And that's the Stout part of it, because I maintain if you give Stout, I can't prove it, it's unprovable, but if you give Stout Andrew Thomas and Will Hernandez I guarantee they turn into players, but can't prove it. I don't know if they turn into uh, star players, but I can 
uh, with about 99% compensate, they'd be better than what they are right now. That's a given if they had uh, Statlin teaching them how to play the game. And one other note before we get in our first break. Oh, by the way, no, you're a fan. Even with their bad offensive line, the Vikings' bigger problem is their defense. No, you're a Zim guy, and he's been acknowledged as a defensive guru over the last decade plus. And it's, it's borderline ancient history now. The Vikings have been pretty damn bad defensively for three years running, and they might be the worst of a bad three-year run this year. They're terrible on defense, and that's Zim's defense. And he was really good at one time. I remember when he was the Cowboys DC, and he was one of the most innovative guys in the National Football League. Some guys, like a Belichick, find a way to change as they go and find different buttons to push. I think Zim's running out of buttons because his defense right now. Now, yeah, here's how I can compare it. I think Pittsburgh, they're playing Pittsburgh, and I always, Pittsburgh is to me the definition and should it to everyone is the definition of continuity in this league and why it works and why you should uh, default to continuity over everything else. 52, whatever, we're at, 52, 54 years, uh, three head coaches, um, all of them. Mike Tomlin's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Chuck Noll already is. Bill Cowart already is. Um, it works, <laughs> especially when compared against the alternative if you pick the right guy, then I go to Philadelphia and I say, I talk about the shelf life stuff all the time. It's not like Andy Reid forgot to coach. Everybody has a shelf life. The difference between Pittsburgh and everybody else is they're willing to turn over and stick with the same continuity. You saw it with Bill Cowher. There were a lot of people who wanted Bill Cowher out of there. Couldn't win the big one in the playoffs. Couldn't do it. They said, you know what? This is a great coach. We're not going to be able to get a better coach than Bill Cowher. Uh, the odds of that are, are very minimal. Um, and they waited through it. And they had a couple hiccup seasons for them, which are seven wins, blah, blah, blah. Ultimately wins the Super Bowl. Everybody's happy rides off into the sunset, you start it all over again. And now they're going through the same thing with Mike Tomlin because those people have such a high standard. You know, being one game over 500 isn't good enough. And they start saying the same thing about Mike Tomlin. Well, they're going to fight through it, and they're going to make the right decision. If the Eagles would have done that with Andy Reid, guess what? Andy Reid would have been a great coach here for another run once, once they turned it over from a personnel standpoint. Because people do stop listening to head coaches. That's what's going on in Minnesota. So the question is, you know, those people have stopped listening. Now, injuries are part of it as well. But, and that's Rick Spielman's deal. You know, you lose Daniel Hunter. He's out for the season last year. He got hurt again this year. Um, Everson Griffin is having the mental health issues. Last week when they lost the Lions, they didn't have Anthony Barr. They didn't have Eric Kendricks. Patrick Peterson was on the COVID list. They were throwing out a bunch of you-know-whats. So injuries are a part of it as well. Same thing happened to him last year. That part of it's bad luck. I know the guy can coach defense. Like 12 top 10 defenses. 12, Jody. 12. I think he's got eight top five defenses. They got to turn that thing over. 
Now, can they can they live through yeah, it? But, I don't... When, was, when was the last time they had a top five defense? Four years ago. Four, yeah. four, four years is a lifetime in the NFL, John. Well, yeah, but also, again, and that's why you look at it, this guy's been coaching defense for a long time. Other than Bill Belichick, I don't know if you can come up with a guy who's got that many top 10 defenses. Maybe Jim Swartz. <laughs> that's why I like Jim Swartz. Um, my point is, he didn't all of a sudden wake up one day and say, I don't know, Jack, you know what about defense? I mean, he's telling these slap you-know-whats what to do. They're not executing. Now, you can't, as a good coach, you can't overcome bad talent. Nobody can. You saw it last year with Bill Belichick. He's the greatest coach of all time. Some organizations, Pittsburgh, very few, can handle that transition, can take the hits, can do the continuity. But I guarantee you this. Look, Minnesota's going to fire Mike Zimmer. No question in my mind. Probably deserves to be fired. Unfortunately, that's the industry you're in. He understands it. He's been in it a long time. I also guarantee you, whoever they hire, and I don't know who they're going to hire, it's not going to be as good, most likely. That's the odds of it. But a lot of people... A as lot a of people co- as a head coach. Now uh, we need to differentiate here because I certainly asked you about defense. What does Zim want as a head coach? Are you no, telling me the, mean, the Vikings fair. have no chance to hire someone who's going to achieve more in his five-year run, eight-year run in the playoffs? I didn't say there's no chance. I said the odds are pretty low that they're going to they're going to hire. How how high do the odds have to be to do what Zimmer's done? Well, he's made the playoffs a lot. He's made uh, – but either way, my my larger point is, okay, let's look at in Philadelphia because people know people know the Eagles. Is Doug Peterson a better coach than Andy Reid? He won a Super Bowl. He's not. I mean, if you're going to be honest, is is was Chip Kelly a better coach than Andy Reid? No shot. Uh, is Nick Sirianni going to be a better coach than Andy Reid? Well, hopefully, but odds are against it. I mean, that that's my larger point. That's my large, And not that you can't have a spike, and Doug proved it. I mean, they won a Super Bowl. They couldn't win a Super Bowl with Andy, so everybody's happy with it. But, you know, from a larger perspective, if you bite through it, and that's why I bring up Cower, because Cower's probably the most notable example of this, if you fight through it, and that was Andy's whole philosophy, just be consistently good every single year, and the stars will align one year, and you're going to get over the top at least once or twice or hopefully even more than that. And he, he was able to do that in Kansas City, obviously. And he's going to have probably another opportunity this year because it's the same thing that he's built in Kansas City Year after year after year after year, they're in the mix. And if those stars align, you got a chance to make a run at the Super Bowl. If I'm an owner, Jody, that's my goal. Like, I'm on Andy Reid. Like, that's the guy I want. Obviously, I should say Bill Belichick first, but he's the outlier to me. To me, the second best coach is Andy Reid. That's what I want. I want a guy that's going to get me consistently good year after year after year after year. And 
And, 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 you know, I, I'm also going to understand this is a cyclical industry and that talent is going to go up and it's going to go down and you're going to have some down years, even with a good head coach. And you got to be smart enough to know the odds are against you and fight for continuity. So it's a combination. If I want to, it's a combination of Andy Reid and the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's the best philosophy you can have as an NFL organization. But you got to get it right. You got to get it right. Like if you're the New York Giants, the New York Giants were one of the best organizations in this league for years and years and years and years with Parcells, Coughlin, blah, 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 you know, Jerry Reese, George Young. And then they stopped and they said, all right, we got to change. What really happened is the quarterback got old and the quarterback got ineffective. Not that those guys were making bad decisions. They always make good decisions, but you were on the downside of the cycle. And they said, we can't stand it in this media market. We can't have this. We got to turn it over. And look what's happened to the New York Giants. That, that is the worst case scenario. That's all I'm trying to say. And, by, and Zimmer's in the middle. He's not even – he's going to yeah, get fired. Here's what I'm trying to say. He's been the coach of the Vikings now eight years. This is his eighth season. He's only made the player three out of eight. That's not good enough. One year, he won one game, and then he came into Philadelphia, and we all know what the hell happened in that one. Not good. As a favorite, out the door they go. Yeah, you can absolutely move on from him. You can believe well, that you're and they are going to move. And they are going to move on. Going to be able to come in and outdo what Zimmer did. That that well, I, 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 I'm I, the owner, well, the general manager. I'm not going. Oh my God! How am I ever going to uh, uh, get a guy who's going to be able to do better than the guy I've just fired? It's a reasonable well, think, expectation. All right, here's my answer to that. I think you have to look at the context of the situation at, at, at all. A lot of times when he wasn't making, so three years. As you said, the team kind of fell off uh, injury-wise. COVID, they they handled that very much like Philadelphia. They handled that very, very poorly. Um, they handled it this year very, very poorly. In fact, that's more of an indication of why they should fire the guy because they've handled uh, the change in the adjustments to a very unique situation in a very poor way. And I'm talking about COVID. They're the least vaccinated team in the NFL, which is another indication that people don't listen to this. Not guy. listening to them. It, it may be the best indication. Um, and that part I'll listen to. Um, and I think is relevant. The other stuff when you say, so let's take the first six years. You know, you're in a division with Green Bay. You're in a division with Aaron Rodgers. You're in a division where you're up against it because you're facing one of the greatest you're also, quarterbacks. You're also in a division with the Lions, who suck. So if you're going to give him a break because he's in against the Packers, you have to balance that with he's in against the Lions for uh, well, twice he just a year lost to the Lions. No, but so is Aaron Rodgers. My point is, look, Aaron Rodgers isn't great because he gets to play the Lions or the Bears twice a year, even though he's part owner of the Bears as he eloquently said he's great because he's great and everybody knows he's great and you know he's great jody and if he were in the nfc east and you've gone through it as a fan in the afc east uh maybe even a better indication look 
Tom Brady was in that division for two decades and everybody else was shit out of luck, basically. And look, Minnesota was able to compete where the other teams weren't able to compete. And really three weeks ago or four weeks ago, even today, and I've talked to him about this, and this is one of the reasons where I always say, you know, there are certain people that when they say something to me, I value whether it's coaches or players. In the case of Aaron Rodgers, that's where I'm going. And I said this at the time he said it recently on the Pat McAfee show. He has always told me Zimmer is the most difficult defensive coordinator to deal with. So what Aaron Rodgers tells me that, it resonates with me. It sticks with me. And he's still saying it. And, you know, if you don't have players, there's nothing a coach can do. And he doesn't have players right now. But when the when, when who I consider, and you've heard me and people who know me, I'm, I'm in the bag for Aaron Rodgers. I think he, when he's at this highest level, I've, I've always described it as no one has ever played the position as a, at a higher level than Aaron Rodgers. When he says that, I, I, I can't get past it. I mean, and he's being truthful. He ain't, he ain't blowing smoke. He don't say that about the Chicago Bears, Jody. He says, I own you. He doesn't say that about the Detroit Lions. He says about Zimmer because he believes it. I'm telling you, he believes it. Now you can believe me or not believe well, me. But I can I can believe you, and I acknowledge he's an uh, outstanding defensive guy over a long period of time. Uh, we'll uh, see. They've got one more meeting between the Packers and the Vikings. We'll see what Aaron Rodgers does to him again. Oh, he's the got to throw time for four hundred and four touchdowns. Right. <laughs> what um, <laughs> so he he can. He can say, wow, I respect the guy. But then if he goes out and sticks his finger in the eye and throws for four touchdowns and four hundred yards, what do his what do, what do his statements mean? Zero. Uh, oh, I, I don't agree with you there. I mean, he, he wouldn't say it if he didn't mean it. He makes things more difficult for Aaron Rodgers. Doesn't mean Aaron Rodgers can gash anybody at any time. It doesn't mean if he goes out there, and that's what he did the last time he played them. He threw for four touchdowns, and he threw with a broken toe. With a broken toe. Right. That Rodgers um, is, is just and that he good. Can do and that here's, the, here's the thing about Zimmer. He needs to be gone. I don't care yeah, how great a defensive gone. coordinator. I don't care how much a phenomenal defensive mind. I don't care how much Aaron Rodgers pays, pays the tributes to him. He needs to go as the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Plain and simple. I wouldn't over argue and done with, with that. I you, wouldn't you, argue. And you I've referenced said Andy Reid earlier on how he could have had a second life here in Philadelphia, which is true. But what happened when they replaced him? They won the Super Bowl. So yeah, but if not, I'm but... the people running the Minnesota Vikings, how do I go? Oh, but I could hire someone worse than Zimmer. So what do I want to try and muscle through this and continue? The answer is no. I want to find Doug Peterson so I can win a Super Bowl. First time ever in Minnesota if I'm the powers that be in Minnesota. Well, I, I, I agree with that. They would trade a Super Bowl. I'm saying if I'm an owner, I'm saying what I would do. And I think you would agree with me. Take the names out of it and just go Pittsburgh continuity, continuity, continuity. I think you would agree with me if I said Andy Reid's a better coach than Doug Peterson. But Doug Peterson won the Super Bowl. Right. But Doug, but Andy's a better coach. I think you would agree with me. Yeah. 
Um, I think you would agree with me when I say Andy Reid's a better coach than Chip Kelly. I think you would agree with me when I would say Andy Reid is a better coach uh, than Nick Sirianni. I think you would agree with me that Andy Reid is going to be a better coach than the next five head Eagles head coaches after that. That's my larger point. Now, Mike Zimmer's not that guy. Right. Here's my uh, larger point. Mike Zimmer is not Andy Reid. No. But Andy Reid didn't win the Super Bowl, Doug Mike Peterson Zimmer didn't. isn't Mike so, Tomlin. Mike Zimmer isn't Bill Cowher. Mike Zimmer isn't uh, – uh, now I'm losing the uh, Steelers coach who had the steel curtain defense. Why am I not able Chuck to Noll. think? Chuck Noll. He's none of those guys. No, so I agree. making comparisons to guys I, and situations – that Mike Zimmer doesn't equate to, he doesn't even come close to. I agree with all of that. But, you know, if you look around this league at the Joe Judges of the world and the Adam Gases of the world and the Pat Shermers of the world, I'm picking on the New York Giants who, and the Ben McAdoo's of the world and the, and the 19 coaches in 21 years in Cleveland and the, all the Atlanta Falcons coaches and the Bobby Petrinos of the world, I think people don't realize how many guys of these are not prepared for these jobs at all. And that's the point. It, it, take away the names. When you believe that you have a good coach, and I don't believe necessarily believe Minnesota believes that, but when you do believe it, like you're the New York Giants and Tom Coughlin's, I don't know what what was he at the time, Jody seventy. I don't give a crap. I'm not I'm not firing Tom Coughlin. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it now. If he wants to retire, uh, I'm not firing Jerry Reese as a GM. Yeah, but you you just said it was time to move on from Andy Reid, right? No, I said everybody has a shelf life, and you can you can either. So you out- don't think you don't think Coughlin reached his shelf life in New York? No, I do. That to me, there's two, de- and that's why I bring up Coward. That's where I think that, like, you got to fight through. You got to turn over the talent, and then the coach will work again. So you got to be able to fight through. You got to understand as an owner, this sport is cyclical. It doesn't matter who you have. You could have Bill Belichick. You can have Andy Reid. You're going to have bad seasons uh, because it's cyclical, and and you can't overcome bad talent. But if, if you know those guys can coach. Stick with them, man. Stick with them. It's better than the alternative. Turn over the roster, and the new players will start listening. We are in agreement all across the board till one point. Mike Zimmer doesn't fall into the category. Yeah, he's he's a tougher he's a tougher decision because he's mediocre. Right? Uh, is he better than all those names I just mentioned? The Joe Judge, Ben McAdoo, yeah. Adam Gase. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, way that's way. Why, that's why he got eight years. And the that's time why time has come. He needs to be gone. And Mike Tomlin, Mr. Continuity, third uh, life show. Well, people in say Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin should go. I'll him uh, in circles tonight. People say Mike Tomlin should go in Pittsburgh. They say it all the time. All the time. They say he's a bad coach. I, and that I, I never, I could never comprehend. There, there are some haters out there with Mike Tomlin that just don't make sense to me. All it is very does. difficult to stay the course in this league, and bad organizations can't stay the course. That's my larger point. I think the Vikings have overstayed the course with Mike Zimmer, but that's just me. He's a Mike Zimmer devotee. I'm a Mike Z- uh, Zimmer second guesser. And we'll be live at Screwball tonight leading into the Thursday night game. You want to come out, join us live taping tonight. Be the road king of Prussia. 
at Screwball. And Mike Zimmer's going to get killed, so I'm not going to look good, Jeff. Uh, sorry about that, uh, uh, Mac man. Um, we'll be there tonight, uh, taping. But uh, we're here on Birds 365 right now. That's the longest opening segment we've ever done. 40 yeah, we got to get to a break. Yeah, and we got to get back to the Eagles. That would be nice. Uh, Rob Motti from the Associated Press is going to join us a little bit later. Coming back here on Birds 365. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Thursday edition of Birds 365. You got Mac and Mac and McDonald here with you. And don't forget, you can join us tonight. We're going to take a live edition of Birds 365 at Screwballs on Beadler Road in King of Prussia. We'll get the taping underway at about 6.15. Come on out. Hang with us. Stick around for the Thursday night game. And oh, by the way, you should be rooting heartily in tonight's game. Not uh, 
prove the point that John McMullen overrates Mike Zimmer. No, because you want to root against the Minnesota Vikings because they are a competitor of the Philadelphia Eagles for a wild card playoff spot. If they lose tonight, I'm not going to say they're going to bury them, but they're sitting at five and seven, five and eight would be pretty bad. And oh, by the way, they got another showdown against Aaron Rodgers yet to come on their schedule. Um, But yeah, you want to absolutely be rooting against the Vikings tonight. You don't have the Eagles to root for this week because it is the late season bye week. So you need to pick and choose the games you're going to be paying close attention to with how does this best, best help the Eagles make the playoffs intentions behind them. Yeah, no question. And you don't have to worry about that team. They're cooked, as you mentioned. They are going to fire. I'm not arguing with you there. They are going to fire the head coach. It's essentially over. Uh, They have too many injuries, too many issues, uh, and they've stopped listening. Uh, The players have stopped listening to the head coach. So um, that is a team that is probably – going to be put in the rear view mirror, as you mentioned tonight, by Pittsburgh, who's coming off a big win over Baltimore in division. And they have a chance, obviously, on the AFC to sneak into the playoffs, even though people don't like Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. Um, So I I think you're going to have a very good result. And ultimately, when it talks about the Eagles in the playoffs, you know, Washington football team, I keep saying, two games over the final four home-and-home home series, those to me are going to tell the tale of this season as far as the playoffs go for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and those are important games, and it starts coming out of the bye, and Jalen Hurts, now we know uh, Jake Laser, I believe, uh, officially placed it on a grain, grade one ankle sprain, so generally a two to four week injury. So you'll be right in the middle of that uh, should be ready to go against the Washington football team. Um, and that'll be it, man. Can you beat the, the, can you beat that? Can you beat Taylor Heineke, Ron Rivera and company Taylor, Taylor Heineke, but nonetheless, that's that they're good. They're a good team. They're All better right, than people realize. John, let's, let's break that down. First, we'll go with the quarterback matchup. And then we'll go with the coaching matchup. I know Taylor Heineke, the name does not bring excitement to NFL fans. Nobody goes, "Uh uh-oh, we're playing Taylor Heineke. But Taylor Heineke's on a nice little roll. Three out of his last four games, he's had over 100 quarterback rating. He's scored, uh, he's thrown seven touchdown passes as compared to two INTs. Uh, They have won four straight games, and he's been the quarterback for all four of those games. Um, you're comparing that to what the Eagles are putting out there at quarterback, which is Jalen Hurts slash Gardner Minshew, because as you just pointed out, we don't know yet that Jalen Hurts is going to be healthy enough to start against Washington nine days, uh, ten days from now. Um, advantage at the quarterback position goes Washington football team or the Eagles? It's a good question. I I mean, I think with a healthy uh, Jalen Hurts, it would lean towards the Eagles. But as you mentioned, you know, Heineke's kind of an interesting, very similar playing style to Gardner Minshew. That same type of quarterback. It's going to be intermediate range uh, stuff he can excel at. Um, He's got sort of functional mobility. It's not going to gash you running the football that much, but 
he can move around and extend things, and he's looking to throw the ball. So very similar type players, uh, I would say, when you look at, at – from a style standpoint, when you look at uh, Gardner Minshew and Taylor Heineke. So maybe people can get a better indication uh, from that. Uh, you know, J.D. McKissick is probably one of the best uh, uh, running backs coming out of the backfield, catching the football. So they utilize that just like you saw with Minshew, with Kenny Gainwell and 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 Miles Sanders getting involved. Antonio Gibson as well can do that. Uh, who's their best runner. Um, so, you know, maybe the Eagles have a little advantage because they have that type of quarterback. Uh, but he's playing well. I mean, 68% completion, essentially. Um, and that's, again, a lot of them uh, intermediate uh, to short throws. But uh, he's he's been pretty effective. And he's better than people think he is, is how I would describe Taylor Exactly, Heineke. Exactly the same way I look at Taylor Heineke. Better than people think he is, and he hasn't gotten enough credit. But you're comping him to uh, Gardner Minshew is accurate and fair. That's why I think another John Mack favorite, J.G., has to handle his P's and Q's correctly. Uh, got him twice, so certainly it starts in matchup number one between these two teams. Does the Washington Redskins passing game, sans Logan Thomas, who has become uh, from quarterback to uh, a tight end, one of the more accomplished tight ends in the NFL over the last year and change. Uh, he's I put him in the top 10, as a matter of fact. Uh, he got hurt in their last game. Early in the week, they said Monday uh, might not be a major MCI. It's going to be an injury that was enough for them to put him on season-ending IR. So that seriously uh, compromises their tight end position to either John Bates or Samus Reyes scare you uh, from the tight end position for the Washington football team, either of these next two games? Jay? No, not. Yeah, they're they're hurt. But, the you know, the one thing is Logan. And by the way, Logan is kind of what the Eagles want Tyree Jackson to become. That's uh, sort of the as was a great quarterback in college. Uh, Virginia Tech and uh, made the transition and ultimately, as you mentioned, turned into, I think, one of the better tight ends in football. But they've been playing without him for a long time. He he had been out, came back, and then he got hurt again. So I I, I think he's only played five or six games this year uh, a total. Um, so they've gotten used to it, but certainly they've lost uh, a big part of their passing offense without him and and right now it comes down more to the backs obviously terry mclaurin is is their best receiver and then it's about the backs and more of uh gibson and mckissick out of the backfield um they have adam humphreys who's a pretty good slot receiver and then i don't know where ricky seals jones is he's probably you know he's been hurt too I have to see if he's going to be able to play. He's he's uh, at least competent, I guess, as as a tight end. Otherwise, I don't even think the tight ends are getting involved, to be honest. Right. John Bates has uh, 13 catches in 12 games. Not a guy who's going to strike fear into the hearts of uh, defensive coordinators. 
But he, here's the deal. You know that JG likes the uh, zone defense. And a properly placed zone defense can do a good job of uh, at least slowing down backs out of the backfield, uh, catching the ball uh, better than potential man-to-man matchups. But their wide receiver slash tight ends are so defensible, at least my opinion, uh, you throw Slay on their uh, top guy, and uh, I think he does a good enough job of shutting him down. That gives you the ability to maybe add an extra guy, bring an extra guy, be an aggressive defense, put Taylor Heineke on his back. Is this going to be a we're playing zone and I don't care what anybody else says <laughs> week for JG? Or is it going to be, yeah, you know, this team is limited enough that I can actually put the fear of getting beat in the back of my head away and say, let's add an extra guy to the rush. Which way is it going to play out for uh, Mr. Gannon? This yeah, I, I, I don't think it's about that as much as, look, if, if it's third and long, he's going to bring people. If it's not, he's not. So I think it more has to do with how um, how the Eagles play on first and second down. And that's why probably um, – the the backs coming out of the backfield and and Gibson is probably you know I I would say he's one of the more underrated uh, running backs in the league as as far as a complete skill set because um, he can run the football he can catch it out of the backfield um, and as I mentioned McKissick's one of those guys who's really good catching the football out of the backfield um, if it, if they're in third and three and 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 third and two, he's not he's not blitzing. I mean, people should have figured that out by now. Uh, he's not bringing people. If if they're third and eight, if they're behind the sticks, if it's third and twelve, yeah, he's going to bring the occasional guy and he's going to try. Worst case scenario, make the quarterback. And that's by the way, Taylor Heineke's the type of quarterback where he's going to throw it underneath the sticks he's going to throw it in front of the sticks on third and 12 uh he's not going to try to aaron Rodgers you down the field um he's going to get the ball out quickly and then you tackle rally tackle all that stuff um so i think it's a good matchup uh for the eagles as a whole but they need to be effective on first and, and second downs and if they get him in third and long he'll do some different things but I mean, he's honest about that. I mean, what what you do on third down is affected by what you do on first and second down. That's very true. All right. Um, certainly, Devonta Smith is the leading target guy for the Philadelphia Eagles. Terry McLaurin is the leading target guy for the Redskins. And you just mentioned that they're comparable at the quarterback position. What do you think the difference is in targets between Smith and McLaurin? Oh, I don't think they're comparable at uh, style of play. But, yeah, I mean, McLaurin's got to have much more. Um, I think they're comparable. I think Gardner and, and and Taylor are comparable from a stylistic standpoint. Obviously, Jalen and and uh, Taylor are, are different types of players. And the Eagles, you know, they don't throw the football a lot when Jalen uh, is out there. Um and when they do throw it, it's generally to Devontae or Dallas Goddard. But uh, they don't have they don't throw the football a lot. At least when they shifted, obviously, 
uh, from really the Las Vegas game on. And I expect that to continue. I certainly expect it to continue if he's out there with uh, a bulky ankle that's not completely 100%. I don't think they're all of a sudden going to go out and say, hey, we're going to just throw the football all over the lot unless they're down by, you know, two touchdowns late, then you got to throw the football. But um, I don't think that's going to be the plan uh, going in. But yeah, I mean, Terry McLaurin, I don't have it in front of me. I assume you have it. I assume. Yeah, I do. How about 103 targets this year? 103. That's got to be top 10 in the national football league that he is one of the most targeted wide receivers because they don't have other options at the wide receiver because they don't have any options at tight end. And you have to not throw it to J.D. Uh, McKissick. Who else are they going to throw it to? That's why I'd put big play slay on him, say follow him all over the field. This is your responsibility, big guy. You want to make a Pro Bowl this year? We think you should make a Pro Bowl this year. We're banking on you making a Pro Bowl well, this year. Well, he's making the Pro Bowl. Go, is he going to be an all-pro? Go, go shut this guy down and help us win this game 19-9. Uh, to 9. Uh, That would be my outlook coming in if I'm the defensive coordinator of the Eagles. I'm putting my faith in my guy who's having a superstar year to shut down their only major. Now, I'll give uh, McKissick his, his props for his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield and make some plays, but their only major threat is McLaurin. Yeah, certainly big play threat. Uh, Curtis Samuel probably would have been that he's been, he's been out. He's more of a manufactured, uh, type player. Um, yeah, as I said, Humphreys is a pretty good slot receiver, but I think Avante Maddox can handle him, uh, by himself. Our old friend DeAndre Carter has been playing a little bit. Uh, you know, he was here, but he's not (laughs) going to scare anybody. Certainly, if people remember him as a kick returner. Um, Yeah, I think that Samuel injury hurt them a lot as far as having that second. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply sort of player that can make a big play. Um, it, it, you know, it's interesting. Everyone, and I know Slay wants to uh, um, cover the best receiver every week. I am interested, you know, Belichick a lot of times. I thought JG was going to roll this out at some point and just say, I'm going to put Slay on the second best receiver, whoever the case would be, not, you know, and – just completely shut him down and then 
bracket the top receiver. That's that's like a Belichick trick. Like everybody's like, oh, top corner should cover top receiver. Belichick always a little bit ahead of the game. He's like, you know what? No, I'm going to completely take away one side of the field with my guy. I'm going to bracket the, the best receiver. I thought we were going to see that at some point. We haven't seen it yet, so I don't think we're going to see it. Um, yeah, I expect Slay to, to cover uh, Terry McLaurin. I expect him to do a good job, and that's why I think the bigger aspects of this game are going to be how do they handle McKissick and Antonio Gibson, and do they tackle well? Because Big if they key. don't tackle well, that's that's where they're going to get beat. Big key in the game. I want you to look this up for me, JM. We've got to take another break. Uh, we'll come back. Uh, we got Rob Marty joining us in less than 20 minutes from now. Where are the Eagles ranked defensively against the run this year? Just specifically against the run. Not overall, not points allowed. Defensive yardage, where do they rank in the NFL against the run this year? Because this may come down to a, a game uh, where the team that best stops the other team's running game walks away with a victory. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. You're looking at Birds 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Get your Mac and Mac guys, McDonald and McMullen here with John Birds 365. Don't forget, like us, punch that like button right now. Uh, John McMullen needs the love. Uh, he, he he needs your adoration. Yeah, I really, I rarely get that, Jody. So yeah, I do, I, I do need it. I, I need give it. it to you when I you crave earn it. it. I crave uh, it. And oftentimes you do earn it. Every once in a while you get off on a uh, Mike Zimmer type tangent. But when you deserve the love, I'm ready to give it to you. But we need it from our viewers. Hit that like button. Get our algorithm cooking. We could use your help there. Uh, And then, hey, if you really like, I mean, you really like us, you can show up at School Ball tonight. We'll be out there tonight. King of Prussia, Beatler Road, taping a uh, special by week edition of Birds 365 between 6.15 and uh, 7.30. So come out, say hi. Good eats at the place. I was only out there once, but damn, I had a good meal when I was out there. I'm getting out there extra early, which means I'm going to have to leave at about 2.30 just in case to be there. All right. I was wondering when I should leave. So maybe I can. That's that's really early. Maybe I'll leave. Do you, are you uh, savvy enough with your phone that you know how to get uh, around traffic via your uh, cell phone and uh, ways. Yeah. I do have my ways app on, on, on the cell phone. I but... told my daughter to download that for me Sunday when we were driving up to the Eagles jets game. She never did. And I, I'd probably, I'd probably drive off the school. Give me your phone. I'll download it for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll you you, you do that for me tonight when we get the, the, the school balls. Yeah, uh, it's but... helpful. It is helpful. But I usually I, just use the GPS in the car, and then I'm like, "Oh, screw it." Yeah. <laughs> so we'll we will be out at the uh, screwball tonight. Hope to see you there. I right, JM, where do the Philadelphia Eagles rank in the yards allowed per game? Uh, what is their defensive ranking specifically against the run so far this season? Uh thirteenth, uh, one hundred nine point mm. four yards a game. Uh, not bad. They're 11th in total defense. Uh, so they're 13th in rushing defense. It's, it's interesting. You know, Washington is number three in rushing defense. It seems we've had uh, a crush of that recently with the Eagles top ranked rushing offense against good rushing defenses. So we're going to have another example of that. But the Eagles have been solid uh, against the run overall. Because I think Antonio Gibson is one of the more underrated backs in the National Football League. I'm not saying he's one of the best backs. I'm saying he's one of the more underrated backs because who men- whoever mentions Antonio Gibson when you talk about one of the best three, five, ten rushers? No, nobody. nobody. Nobody ever does. Nobody ever mentions this guy, and he is a legit top ten uh, running back in the league, uh, depending on what metric you want to use to uh, determine I dare that. say, do I create more hate? He's He's... He's better than the Eagles' best running back. Well, you know I'm a Miles guy, so I'm not ready to go there just yet. Um, but here's what one thing where he dwarfs 
Miles Sanders. More well-rounded. How's that? More well-rounded. Well, I don't even know that, but here's a key. How many times has Miles made it into the end zone this year? Zero. That would be zippity-doo-dah. Seven touchdowns for Antonio Gibson. Seven. Five on the ground, two through the air. And, yes, they throw it to McKissick much more than they throw it to Antonio Gibson. I think he's only got 12 or 13 catches. Two of them have been for scores. So the guy's got a nose for the end zone, which is something the Eagles are going to have to be able to uh, shut down because I don't know about you, J-Mac, and I know they've got to play a game yet. This is one of the downsides of the bye week. Because just naturally, if you're an Eagle fan, Eagle follower, you want to start to concentrate on the next game. Well, the next game isn't for 10 days. And, oh, by the way, the team you have to play has to play a game in between now and when they have to play you. So to try and start to figure out ahead of time is kind of putting the cart before the horse. But that's what we do as football fans. Yeah, Antonio Gibson throws a little fear into me for the upcoming game. Uh, between yeah, the- he's a good player. He's a very unique player, too. Obviously, the way we played in college he does it he he's got he catches it a little bit more mckissick is so good uh it's tough to get him off the field on on third downs as a receiver um but i think gibson i'm looking it up he 31 receptions uh so he gets involved he can catch the football as well uh and it's one of those things where if they didn't have mckissick um he he would probably be like a 60-catch guy. But the guy they have is so good at it, um, they just, you know, and rightfully so. I, I think, you know, you save a little bit of wear and tear on your top guy, and you have the, the great third down back uh, as well. So I think they do the right thing offensively with the way they've set it up. And I agree. I, I think Gibson is one of the more underrated players in the NFL from a skill position standpoint. I really do. Um, you know, maybe it's Washington. I don't know. I, I don't know why, but it's been a, a bad team for an extended period. And I guess a lot of people don't pay attention to them. Um, you know, East Coast, you would think uh, bigger markets and stuff like that. But I, I agree with you. I think he's 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 a really, really underrated player. And, oh, by the way, I said, uh, check out how many times this guy gets his nose in the end zone. He's got seven touchdowns yet, uh, this year. Um, I knew that he had a good season last year. I didn't know how good. I just looked it up. 11 touchdowns last year? He's a good player. That's Antonio what I mean. Gibson it's one of those had things. 11 touchdowns last year? Yeah, my statement of he's got a nose from the end zone might be understated. Yeah, he's one of he's, the best touchdown guys in the NFL. He's, uh, you know, and a lot of that is circumstance. I mean, he's the number one guy, and I say touchdowns are one of those things where you got to have an opportunity, right? I mean, and I brought up yeah, Barry Sanders. When you get your opportunity, you got to be able to cash. Oh yeah, he does. I, no question about it. Uh, and you know. I'm not downplaying. I think he's he's number one. If you're starting a game plan for um, the Washington football team, if you're JG, um, you're going to start with Gibson, I would think, even more than McLaurin, to be honest, because uh, I think he's more important to what they do, uh, especially with um, Taylor Heineke, a quarterback. Uh, I think that's where you start. I really do. Um 
and he's 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 weird because he's a big guy. He's probably two thirty, and he's you know coming out. He was a four four guy, so and and he he was at at Memphis. He caught the ball more than he ran the ball. You know, he was and that was my concern about him coming out was he would be one of those manufactured touch guys that you got to really work to get him the football and people would forget about him and he would turn into sort of, you know, a really explosive guy, but wouldn't matter that much because you just can't game plan for him. No, they just put him in the backfield and he's a good running back. And he used that size. It's what I argued with, uh, you know, Patterson back in the day, people should have made him a running back day one. And all of a sudden he's a running back in Atlanta and he's great, but it's too far along in his career. That's what the, the, the Washington football team did well with Gibson. They decided on a position. We're going to make this guy running back. He's 230 pounds. He can handle it and he's handled it and he's turned into a really good player. You remember who was the main running back to start the season? You're right, because at the beginning of the year, Antonio Gibson wasn't the guaranteed bell cow back for the Redskins. And you remember who was the other guy they were thinking could actually be their number one back last year in Washington? Uh, was it? Oh, who was the kid who got hurt? He was here and he got in an argument with Deuce, wasn't it? Why am I – I can't think of the name. Who well, was it, Jerry? My memory was that they were actually considering having Peyton Barber as their lead. Oh, no, I was thinking uh, – I'll think of who I was thinking of. But, yeah, Peyton Barber was a big part. Uh, I think he was a big part of their team last year. And, it, and last year, early, um, I think they went with more of a three-headed monster and then Gibson kind of won the job. Yeah, later, that's what later. I mean, Peyton – Peyton Barber, I have, don't have the game log in front of me, but I bet you first month of the season, he got more carries than Antonio Gibson did. Gibson was just that much more productive, so they started to swing it, leaning toward Gibson. And by the end of the year, Gibson had achieved that Belkel uh, status type back because he was just that good and getting touchdowns week after week after week. But yeah, last year at the beginning of the year, they thought Peyton. Yeah, Barber and it was, was under. I mean, he was a rookie last year, and he was a rookie third round pick, and he was a rookie third round pick, and and with no COVID rules and no off season and all that stuff. So it doesn't surprise me. He started off slowly, but um, or they started him off slowly. Yeah, I think it was they didn't they didn't know what they had on their hands just no. yet. They well, uh, found it out by trial and error. Yeah, I mean. Give him the football. But I think he showed up and they saw, oh, he's 200. They knew, obviously. But I I, I think, you know, when you have that type of guy and you say somebody who's used the way he was in college, you don't necessarily think he's a running back. And so I do give him credit for uh, looking at him and saying, no, this 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 kid could be a running back. He could be an effective running back. And like I said, I if I were Jonathan Gannon, uh, he would. I would be more worried about him than Terry McLaurin. Part of that is because I have Darius Slay, and I don't have to worry about Terry McLaurin as much as some other teams. Uh, but I would be focused on Antonio Gibson first. I would say that.
Yeah, you and I see it exactly the same way. All right. Uh, you've gotten our sights for the first 50-some-odd minutes of today's Excuse me, 70-some-odd minutes of today's show. You're going to get more here, and then you're going to get it tonight because I have faith. They're going to pack the house tonight. There's going to be a line outside of Screwballs waiting to come in and meet John McMullen. And yeah, line to yell at me. You should have uh, Colin Thompson for these things, but he's busy. He's my he, bodyguard at these things. Yeah, and if uh, you're looking at me to be your bodyguard, that's going to be an issue yeah. for both. Six of us. five two sixty tight ends, pretty good yeah. bodyguard. Uh, he he he. What do you what do you weigh him uh, in at? Two sixty ish. Two sixty ish. Which you had uh, uh, Gibson at two. Th- the Redskins, by the way, list him at two twenty. You're telling me it's more like two thirty. Because they'll, they'll they will fluctuate that weight thing to uh, basically tell he a tale of the narrative. I, I was I was looking at his combine weight. So at the combine, he was two thirty or okay. what? Yes, pro day, whatever. Yeah, listen to him at two twenty these days. Uh, my first number isn't even a two. I'm in the high one. So, so at, if, at you're, if you're looking for protection with yeah. me, it's not happening, Mac man. You got yourself issues. That guy ran a four three nine, Jody, at two twenty eight. Really? Yeah. He should think, I wonder why he lasted as long as he did. Because he, he didn't, didn't have a position. Up, right. He didn't put up massive numbers at Memphis. No. All right. Mag and Mac guys here. We expect to be joined by our buddy Rob Motti from the Associated Press. He covers the entire National Football League. But he cheats. He, he always is on all the Eagles calls. He can't get away from the Eagles. <laughs> Even though it's not his regular beat, he still loves his birds. So we'll talk Eagles and all things NFL with Rob Motti from the Associated Press. Next here on Birds 365. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. 
but that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Thursday edition of Birds 365, the live morning edition. You've got the live evening edition with us out at Screwballs tonight at uh, in King of Prussia on Beadler Road. Speaking of Screwballs, look who's joining <laughs> us. Our buddy from the Associated Press, Mr. Used to be South Philly, now South Florida. Rob Marty joins us here on Birds 365. How are you, Marty man? What's up, fellas? Happy Thursday. How about you guys doing double duty? Morning and yeah, night. Yeah, like morning that. and night. Nice. You can't get enough of us, Rob. Let's and, be honest. And, and, I don't know why. Awesome. I don't know why people want more and more and more. They constantly want more. But more importantly, <laughs> how are you doing in South Florida? Are you settled in? Is the weather turned? No more rain. Are you into the yeah, good man. part it's, of the skit? It's 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 hit um, high seventies. This yeah, week, that's and, nice. I'm getting that's... set for a, a Buccaneers Bills game on Sunday, and I'm like, it's going to be a whole lot different than Bills Patriots was on Monday night. <laughs> that, that was that was crazy. This is going to be uh, 80 degrees, and it's kind of weird though. December for me, December football is all about cold weather and elements yeah. and everything else. So t- it, this takes a little bit of getting used to for sure. Yeah, you got to adjust a little bit. All right, uh, we do want to ask about the Eagles. So since you went to Bucks Bills, is again you're going to be uh, covering on Sunday. I have this feeling that the Bills defense is going to show up on Sunday. That uh, they had to face the wacky every single plays a run and then listen to it from the media afterward. Were you embarrassed by the fact that they ran it down your throat and a couple of the guys got a little nasty and then came out and apologized? I just think the Bills are sitting on a big defensive effort. Tampa's got one of the best offenses in the NFL. Can the Bills win that game with their defense this week? They they lost White, which is tough. Uh, Their cornerback, that's going to hurt them a little bit. But this is a team that was so good, and the expectations for the Bills coming in, they were a really popular pick to make it to the AFC uh, Conference Championship game, get to the Super Bowl. I stuck with the Chiefs over them this year, and – and it, now they're they're in a, a struggle just to win the AFC East. This game means a whole lot more to them. Tampa's kind of settled into they're going to win a division. They're fighting for the one seed. They need it for those reasons, but they got a little bit to go to catch Arizona, and they got to climb past Green Bay. Buffalo doesn't win this game. They they might not make the playoffs. So they're, it's kind of that desperate team, Jody. So I, I would like Buffalo. I haven't even looked at the spread yet. Uh, I would like Buffalo to eat, to cover for sure. I don't know about win the game, but cover. 
getting three, three and a half. Uh, the Bucks mm-hmm. are favored as they should be, but it's not an outrageous number. I just think yeah. uh, you, you're looking at two uh, two MVP candidates in Brady and uh, Allen, although Allen slipped a little bit. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be as high-scoring game as everybody thinks. I think it's going to be yeah. a little bit of a defensive struggle. All right, before we get into the quarterback controversy that never arrived, Rob, which surprises me from the fan base standpoint, but I do want to get one last thought on on that game, Uh, Bill Belichick, Sean McDermott. um, You've known Sean for a long time. What what was your thought? To me, you know, Belichick gets in people's heads. He really does. And some of the best coaches, I think Sean is one of the better coaches in this league. You go back to the formation game, I like to call it, in Baltimore. Remember that game where where Harbaugh was just losing his mind on the sidelines? What is it about <laughs> Bill Belichick that tweaks people? And he, He's got an advantage even before he steps out there. Am I wrong on that? Oh, for sure. I, I'll go to that Super Bowl. The, the, one, the two, difference, two differences in those two Super Bowls that they played back-to-back against the Eagles when Doug Peterson went out there for the pregame shake and he had confidence, he had swagger and he wasn't going to be intimidated by Belichick and the Eagles go out and win. And then the very next year, Sean McVay, everybody's wonder boy. uh, And he goes out there and he's mic'd up and he's talking to Belichick. So it was almost like he was bowing at the altar of Belichick. (laughs) And and I I, I thought if the head coach is acting that way, this team's got no chance. And, And you saw that they couldn't score anything. They had three points against him he does get in guys heads and I think the way Sean McDermott reacted after the game John did you see the way that he people were talking about Belichick and he didn't want to give him all the credit it it kind of speaks to that a little bit uh in that he said hey we beat ourselves we made we had opportunities and we couldn't capitalize it I don't want to take anything away from Bill but it wasn't all Bill and this and that that to me lends itself to the thought that hey uh, he, he's in his head a little bit, and, and, and that's what he does. That's what he does for sure. And you know who, who I think's got that a little bit from him is Mike Vrabel. I think Vrabel's um, taken on a little bit, learned a little bit from Belichick, and he can do that to teams too. You saw a couple of years ago Brady's last game as a, as a Patriot when they the Titans beat him in the playoffs, and, and what he did at the end with the, the, the clock management was terrific and, and couldn't even get him back out on the field. And I, I thought that was variable borrowing, learning from being a Bill Belcher. Mighty man, we've been talking about this uh, the last several days now that we've gotten into the bye week. It was a bad thing that the Eagle bye week was this late, getting through the season and dealing with other teams and getting weeks off. And you got to go out and grind and put it together every single week. Until it arrives. Then it's a major plus. Then everybody else is in the grind, and you get to take a deep breath and step back. Um, so the Eagles are benefiting from that this week. Or are they when it comes to the quarterback position? Yeah, I think because they are, nobody, nobody knows what Jalen Hurts is doing right now. Glazer had a report, high ankle sprain, two to four weeks. Yeah, that's nice that uh, media guys like yourself and Jay Glazer are reporting on it. It's better to be able to look your teammate in the eye and go, hey, how's the ankle? Hey, how's the ankle? Can you go? Where are you at? Be able to see him move around the field. Nobody knows where Jalen Hurts is at this week because Jalen Hurts isn't with the Philadelphia Eagles. Is that a downside for the Eagles being on the bye this week? No, I, I think from that standpoint of them being on the bye, uh, wouldn't Jalen, Jalen's got to take care of that ankle. It's not like he's going to be off at, uh, on a beach resort somewhere. I, I think he'd be getting treatment and, and making sure 
in order to get him right, it helps that, that you're off this week. And, and another thing is you're getting ready for that stretch run. You're getting ready for Washington, New York, Washington, Dallas. And these are games you've got to have in order to make the playoffs. And, and they're out there. Washington's going to be beating up on Dallas. And Dallas is going to be beating up on Washington this Sunday. So that's a good thing for the Eagles. They get to relax, refresh. For the only, for, for the only uh, way to look at it is perhaps a negative would be from, hey, they won four out of their last six. They're kind of riding high a little bit. And now they got to settle down, sit down, take a week off. So, yeah, that could be a negative. But from a get healthy standpoint, J- Jason Kelsey's been nicked up. That's going to help. Miles Sanders been nicked up. That's going to help. So uh, I, I, think, I think it comes right now. It's coming at a good time because they need this for their bodies. All right, Rob, you're getting used to Central Florida, but obviously you didn't uh, leave your memories of the Delaware Valley. You know what goes on (laughs) in this area when you have a quarterback controversy. We know no one has had more success with backup quarterbacks over the years than the Eagles. Um, I joked, if Maryland does crab cakes and, and, and football, as they said, in wedding crashers, Philadelphia does cheesesteaks and quarterback controversy. Well, Gardner Minshew did his part. He had the highest passer rating for the Eagles since Nick Foles in the wow. NFC Championship game. He was perfect by the NFL standards, 158.3 in the first half, and there's no quarterback controversy. What happened? Why not? Uh, I'm kind of proud of the Eagles fans for yeah. not blowing oh us out. Yeah, not blowing us out of proportion. Gardner Minshew did what he's supposed to do. Backup quarterback steps in against a bad football team, plays well, and, and guides the offense to a victory. And, and all of a sudden, um, people are, are understanding, realizing that. And, and I think that's a good thing. It's not his team right now. It's Jalen Hurts' team. If, if Jalen's not ready to go, they got a capable backup in Gardner Minshew. And we still got four games left to, to figure out more about Jalen Hurts. And I'm not sure we're going to know any more in the next four weeks than we do now. And I still think this can linger into the offseason. But the, the Eagles are in good shape with Gardner Minshew as a backup. They got him under control for next year. That's a good thing. If they need him to step in at any point during the season, uh, he's shown that he, he can. And, and – People aren't getting carried away because it was the New York Jets and, and it was a New York Jets defense. And, and that's just a, a horrible uh, football team Ooh, right now. And, and I, I, I give the fans Jody. credit. <laughs> shot accepted and acknowledged. <laughs> They're knows, a bad football. I've been saying it he since knows. Monday. Yeah, I, I, Rob, he I knows. said, I think I could have completed 11, uh, nine of those 11 passes. <laughs> he completed his first 11. And my my skills are well in the friggin' rear of Amira. But the wide <laughs> the the receivers were so open, anybody could have done it. I right, uh, putting the quarterback aside for a second. Opposition, the uh, Washington football team is who the Eagles are going to have to play next. But you got to wait till they get through the Cowboys this weekend. I know that rooting interests are rooting interests, and we have no impact on the outcome of the game. If you're an Eagle fan, what are you looking for? In the Washington football Dallas game on Sunday, what can you pick up? If you do have to root, which way are you rooting between Washington and Dallas? I know it's hard for people to root for Dallas, and, mm-hmm. and there's still that possibility that, hey, you're only two games behind. They got to play Washington twice. So if they lose to Washington twice, but you beat Washington twice, you could be in the mix and still end up winning 
the NFC East. Mm. I say forget about all that. You're not going to yes, win the NFC East. Correct. Hand it over to the Cowboys. Let them take care of business with Washington. And this way, if you stumble one out of two against Washington uh, and you beat them next week, then you're ahead of them. So uh, you got to go out there and root for the Cowboys. And, and, and like you said, Jody, it makes no impact on the game, the rooting interest. And if you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. The Eagles will be watching the film trying to learn some tendencies, trying to pick this up and that up and figure things out and, and see what they could do. I, I've been impressed with the way Washington's defense is after they, they had a terrible start. We all thought they were going to be a good defensive yeah. team. They had a terrible start. They've, they've come along. Taylor Heineke's played well enough to probably merit uh, another look next year for, for Washington. And, and, and that's been something that's been a revelation for them. And you got to deal with Terry McLaurin. That's going to be, a big issue and uh it's to, to me it's going to be uh it's going to come down to washington and the eagles for one of those two playoff spots i think san fran's going to get one of them and washington and the eagles is going to get the other and and if if washington can beat dallas one out of two and they split with the eagles then maybe philly and washington get in and all of a sudden the nfc least is least no more and you get three teams yeah. in the playoffs and who would have thought that coming into this season coming off of last year when they had a division winner under 500. Yeah, there is a chance and you're right, but I'm, I agree with you. Uh, Eagles fans, as difficult as it is root for the Cowboys this week, that would be a better case scenario for Philadelphia moving forward. It is the bye week though, here in Philadelphia, Rob. So it's a big self scouting week. And as they say in the industry, I want you to do a self-scout on a young coaching staff and where they were at the start to where they are. There's no three-quarters poll anymore because they screwed us with the 17th game, but it's essentially three-quarters through the season. What what do you think of this coaching staff now that you've seen a pretty large sample size? I think from Nick Sirianni's standpoint, you, you had a rookie head coach come in here learning on the fly. And even though he came out of the gate flying with that win against Atlanta, an excellent game plan, executed perfectly, you, you saw them go through a lot of struggles. And, and, and then at some point he realized and he recognized that we got to do some things to win football games, and, and they may not be what is conventional now in the NFL. And it's pass, 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 pass. Well, they started to run the football. They made a commitment to the run. And, and he said all along coming in, I'm going to cater my offense to the strengths of my team and the strengths of my players and, and maximize their abilities. And he finally started doing that. And, and that's when they started turning the season around and they've won four out of six and they've been able to run for 175 yards uh, plus in six straight games. So I've seen a guy who's been able to adjust uh, and, and he's still got a ways to go and, and he's still got to make at sometimes better decisions and, and all that stuff, put guys in better positions. But I've been impressed with the way he's been able to adapt to adjust and say, Hey, we're going to try and do whatever we have to do to win a football game this weekend. And, and if that means running the ball 35, 40 times and the quarterback only throws it 18, 16, that's fine. And I, I think that's, what you have to do. Winning ugly is a win regardless. And, and I think the, the, the league and people are, are too infatuated with quarterbacks who can sit in the pocket and throw and have all that success like Brady and Rodgers and, and, and Herbert and guys like that. But what you have right now is a winning formula. Go out there. You saw what Belichick did 
against the Bills on Monday night. Threw the ball three times. If if he can do it and execute that perfectly, I'm not saying go out there and throw the ball yeah. three times, but do what you have to do to win football games. So I've been impressed from from Nick's standpoint. Jonathan Gannon, uh, I, I kind of it's been he's been disappointing, but I think that part of it, and I don't want to completely absolve him, is that some of the players on defense haven't performed up to capabilities and namely Fletcher Cox is one of those guys. And, and I think when you're counting on that defensive line to be the strength uh, of the defense, like we all thought they would be, and they lose Brandon Graham early and who would have thought that losing Brandon Graham would have such a ripple effect on this team defensively. And I think he did yeah. a little bit and, and Derek Barnett hasn't stepped up and uh, Fletch has been up and down. And uh, I, I think that's kind of reflected in, how Jonathan Gannon's had a coach. Now he's still got to do a better job overall and, and work with what he has, but I'd like to see him operate as a defensive coordinator with more talent around him. And that's something that you can look forward to, hopefully coming out of the next draft. All right, uh, Mighty Man, if this makes me a glass half empty guy, I'll apologize in advance to Eagle fans, but I need the answer to this question. Um, assuming health, of all running backs by the time we get to the game against Washington 10 days from now, that, uh, that there's no issues with Boston Scott. He had illness. They activated for the game, but then almost didn't use him at all. And Howard is still coming back from the injury he had. Let's say all are good to go. And Miles Sanders also left the game on, on Sunday, but they said it wasn't major, so he should be fine uh, by the time the game rolls around. How many did they activate? How did they disperse the football between Howard Scott Sanders Gainwell? Man, that's a good question. I, I think Gainwell, we saw the last time they were all healthy, Gainwell was down. He was inactive. And I believe maybe you go that route again if they're all healthy and in, in Gainwell's down. And I'm a Jordan Howard guy. I, I just love the way he runs the ball. I, I love his power straight ahead, no dancing, hits the hole and goes and plows ahead and gets you four yards of carry, four or five yards of carry. And I think that's winning football. And uh, I, I know that Jordan Howard doesn't – he's had opportunities to go elsewhere and hasn't had success. Well, he's he can do it here. And, and, and I, I like that about him. So I would disperse it up that way. I would go Miles Sanders and, and Jordan Howard – and you give them each eight to 10, eight to 10. And Boston Scott's kind of the do everything special team or guy. And, and if you need him, he can, you can plug him in and, and throw him a screen or whatever. But I, I want to rely on equal uh, amount of uh, carries for Sanders and for Jordan Howard and, until, and if one of them's hot, you ride the hot hand and we know that you give them the whole drive, you give them the whole series. But uh, as soon as Jordan comes back, I'm not dumping him aside. I want to see him out there. I want to see him run the football. Would the quarterback change your thought process when it comes to the backfield? And here's what I'm saying, Rob, because um, Kenny wasn't involved in the offense. It was easy to sit him down when the Eagles shifted, really starting Las Vegas to more of a run-based offense. Last week with Gardner, Five targets, five catches. Even Miles got involved. He wasn't involved in the passing game. Three catches, uh, three targets, three receptions. So eight out of eight to the backfield. Um, does it change your thought process as far as the committee goes if Jalen Hurts shows up next week and the ankle's still bad and they got to go with Gardner Minshew? Does that 
change your philosophy yeah. in the backfield at all. That's a good point, John. And, and, and how much, though, of that running back screen game with Gardner Minshew, do we give Gardner all the credit or it's the play calling, too, as well? Like you're, you know, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if, if all that credit should go to Minshew's getting these guys involved and he's able to make those calls and make those, make those plays and, and the blocking scheme is set up nicely that way and, and the holes are opened up and the guys are making the plays. And uh, it's, it's not like I think that Minshew throws a more catchable screen pass than Jalen Hurts, but um, that could factor into it. That could f- at this point, I'm expecting we. Well, with more that they change their philosophy, Rob. They cha- they yeah. seem to change their philosophy as far as uh, calling the game, and they called more screens. Dallas Goddard yeah. had a couple screens as a tight end screen. So, if they're going in with a different philosophy, does it change what they want on the field as far as Kenny's a great receiver versus maybe Jordan's not the best receiver, but. If you're going to run it between the tackles, you want Jordan Howard. And I guess it is. Yeah, you're right. It, it can be. It can go by their game plan. But now you've given Washington an opportunity to see that right this past week, and and maybe those tendencies are going to be picked up, and they can they got a better defense for sure than the Jets, and and they could shut that down. That's going to be an interesting call because the the way you present it there, John, is, is it makes it hey. It's not as easy. It's not as clear cut as you were running. You were having success with Jordan Howard. He's getting you five yards a pop. Just put him back in there. If maybe that would be an indication too, if he's down and Kenny Gainwell's up, uh, they might be thro- that that screen game might be working a little bit more this week. And and I, I, I... Oh. Oh, we muted Rob. I think you're muted, Rob. Did we mute Rob, or did Rob mute us? <laughs> possibly but it's always he's he's a smart guy so he might have muted us but he'll, uh, he'll get his figured out i was wondering uh did you think the dog did that or something because rob wasn't reaching for it all of a sudden his camera shot changed no and it's, I was, happened. it's a technology world he's trying to work on it we see oh, you it think, in the background. You, you think that uh the computer guy if you get uh, xander tells me if you get a call it mutes the phone so maybe you got a call. And oh, really? The yeah. Via via the the computer? You think? Because do you think yeah, that was so his phone or was his computer? I I don't know. I think he was doing it by phone. He was not set up in his usual office area when mm-hmm. we had him on. So he's probably I, doing it by phone. Who knows? I thought it was actually a laptop work for him. Um, he's back. He's back. All right. Uh, we believe we've got Robbie back. All right, Rob. Here's where I'm going with you next. The uh, Washington football team is coming to. Lincoln Financial Field, 10 days from now, where the Eagles are 1-4 and four this year. But they're 1-0 and oh in their last one game because they were 0-4 <laughs> before they beat the Saints. And both the head coach and John McMullen made a big deal about, hey, they had to get a win at home, which mm-hmm. I thought was a little overstated, but I understand where they were coming from. Um, Eagles 1-4 and four at home, but won their last one. Good thing, bad thing, <laughs> uh, major advantage, not as much of an advantage as it used to be. How do you analyze what the Eagles have done at home this year under Nick Sirianni? Overall, it's a bad thing that you're one and four at home, but a good. It, it's great that they got finally got that W against the New Orleans Saints. They've had some tougher opponents at home, obviously playing yeah. Kansas City, playing San Francisco, uh, playing Tampa Bay. 
um, L.A. Chargers. So they've, they've lost to good teams. They've lost lost to teams that are either going to be in the playoffs or, or right there in the mix for the playoffs. So uh, that that said, you got to win these winnable games at home. And, and you're looking at a team right now who going into that game against Washington more than likely is going to be tied for one of those wild card spots. Because right now you got the Washington six and six, San Fran six and six. Both of them could lose. Uh, Washington to Dallas and, and Cincinnati should be able or could be San Francisco. Uh, I believe that game's in Cincy at home. And if that were the case, you may have a whole uh, slew of teams, like five or six teams at six and seven. So you're going to go into week 15, probably tied for a wild card spot, facing two opponents, divisional opponents at home coming up, Washington and New York. You should come out of those with two wins and be eight and seven. And if that's the case, they should make the playoffs. And I would, from an Eagles fan standpoint, I would be disappointed right now if they don't make the playoffs based on the schedule they I have agree. coming up, everything else with the other teams in there. Uh, the fact that you're, you're not just even vying for the seventh spot. They're in the mix for the sixth spot, which is crazy enough to, to think that, Hey, if you're not sneaking in, you, you got a shot at one of the last two wild card spots and, and you have three games at home and we're not we don't know yet if that last game when the Cowboys play them, they could be locked into the three seed. They could be locked into the four seed. And if that were the case, what are you going to see Dak for a, a series at most? And you should then be able to win that game. And, and you can come out of this with three, three wins out, out of the last four, I think, gets you in at nine and eight. And, and there's a possibility if they could figure out how to beat Washington twice that they could run the table and, and that most certainly get them into the playoffs. So I, I think right now. You got to win the home games for sure and and, and see what happens. And it, it would be a disappointment, which which is crazy to think when they came into a season yeah. that's a rebuilding year, retooling year, whatever you want to call it. And the expectations for me were six to eight, that now we are entering the final month saying they should make the playoffs. And if they don't, something negative happened along the way. All right, last one from me, Rob. But before I get to it, I want to go big picture with you. But I want to mention, obviously, uh, AP Pro Football Podcast. Listen to Rob there. Faith on the Field Show. You're all over syndicated. Love the way that's going for you you. um, across the country. Uh, Big picture, Kansas City Chiefs, man, Andy Reid. They kind of weathered the storm. I kind of said early in the season, if Steve Spagnuolo could just figure out to get the middle Mm -hmm. of the road defensively, they were going to be a big issue on the AFC side of the bracket. Here we are getting ready to enter the final month. Kansas City, the favorite in the AFC from your perspective? Yeah, John, and and I, I kind of stuck with them too along the way and said there's, there's so much talent there. Patrick Mahomes is so good. Like you said, if they can do anything defensively to figure out how to slow teams down, and that's been the positive for them. They had a nice stretch there where they were winning because of their defense. Mahomes wasn't lighting teams up and, and winning games 42-40. They were winning games 23-14 or in, in low-scoring games. And and the way the Bills have, have fallen apart at this point, I, I look at the Chiefs as the team to beat for sure in the AFC. I like Baltimore. I just don't trust Baltimore week in and week out. Some weeks they can go out there and, and they can look terrific, and then they can, they can go out there and lose to a Miami on a Thursday night game. And uh, I know Miami's come a long way from 1-7 and seven to 6-7, and seven and, and now you got to contend with New England, who, by the way, also, they're bad at home. I think New England's got a – they got a losing record at home. So I wouldn't be all that uh, fearful 
of the Patriots as the way that they've won some of their games. They've they've beaten teams. They played the Titans. They were missing half of their offense. So uh, for me, it's the Kansas City Chiefs for sure are the team to beat in the AFC. But the NFC is wide open. I, I like Tampa. I like Green Bay the most. And, and of course, Arizona, you got to give them credit and give them respect. But I, I would go Green Bay, Tampa in that order in the NFC. All right, Robbie, last one for me. Um, my partner often chides me about the fact that when I close the door on somebody, I close it hard. Uh, the last guy I did Kind of like my that. wife, Jody. That's it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, <laughs> I think John called me Bridezilla as well, but I, I uh, digress. Um, the last guy I continue to cut slack to, give the benefit of the doubt to on the Philadelphia Eagles was Carson Wentz last year. How'd that mm-hmm. work out for me? Week one. Oh, don't blame Carson. Week two. It's not Carson's fault. Week three. Are you really going to put all this on Carson? And then eventually I had to put all it all, all on Carson like everybody else. Um, so, no, I've slammed the door on a couple of Eagle guys. This year for me was Derek Barnett. I'm sorry. Uh, first round draft picks. Never been a... I know he made a big play in the Super Bowl. He's living off that the last several years. They need to move on from him. I've also reached that point with Jalen Rager. Mm. I would do an introduction. Jalen Rager, bench. Bench, Jalen Rager. <laughs> That's how I would handle Jalen Rager right now. John says you can't do it. You still need him. Greg Ward can't even get a snap. If you were the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles right now, by week, what the hell are you doing with Jalen Rager? Uh, I'm I'm closer to you in that I've kind of given up on Jalen Rager, but I'd rather play him over Greg Ward. I know what Greg Ward is. He is what he is. Uh, I want to I want to see and hope that hey Jalen, I, I still hold on to the the playmaking ability that he returned that punt against Green Bay last year. He's had a a burst here for a nice catch or there, and yeah, I know he dropped the two passes against. Uh, in, in that loss against the Giants. And that that wasn't good. That certainly wasn't. I, I think the issue with Jalen, and, and I've had an opportunity to say this to a few people uh, this week, is, is it's more mental, I believe, than physical. Uh, I had an opportunity to speak to him last year when it was uh, Mike Hall's Mike Leeds campaign, and he had chosen um, a, a, a nonprofit that supported mental wellness. And, and just the way he was talking about it and how important it was to him and, and then his activities on social media and off social media and talking about the pressure of Eagles fans and, and being the number one pick and all that. I, I think for him, it's, it's a mental issue and he's got to be able to figure out how to clear that. And from a physical standpoint, I still, he's got, he's got that ability and he can get the job done, but it, it's up here and, and when it's up here, I think that's something that hopefully they can work through with him and, and see he's, he's probably never going to end up being anything close to Justin Jefferson. That's fine. Be the best yeah. Jalen Rieger you can be. That's all. Be the best first-round pick you can be. Go out there and perform. It, it, there, there's room in a Pro Bowl for more than one wide receiver. Just because Justin Jefferson is going off having great games and on his way to a Hall of Fame career in year two, that's great. He can have his but you can have yours too. And I think he's got to get that through his mind and, and not allow the comparisons and everything else that he sees and he hears and stick to his uh, stay off social media. Don't be on, off, back and forth. Just lay off, lay low. Don't let that stuff get to you. But he's a young kid under enormous expectations. And, and I think the mental aspect is, is what's really hurt him uh, in his uh, two seasons here with the Eagles. So while John McMullen enjoys his bye week, Rob Motti, going to be working doing the bucks and the bills on sunday there's no bye weeks for rob Motti. he works 
every single <laughs> week of the year. Tough guy, we appreciate you coming on with us. Thanks, bud. We'll get you on again before the season ends. Thank you, fellas. Appreciate it. Thanks, Rob. Rob. From the Associated Press here with us on Birds 365. All right, come back. We've got uh, about four or five minutes left. John McMullen, I suggest we put a bow on the show. Yeah, a bow on the first show. Get ready for the second show. Yeah, we'll we'll be opening presents tonight at Screwballs. Yeah. Coming back to uh, wrap up Birds 365. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at mesalaw.com. Mesa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. All right, coming down the home stretch, a.k.a. putting a bow on the show here on Birds 365. Oh, are you, like, bummed that the show is ending? Fear not! There is more Birds 365 coming your way today. Join us out at Screwballs on Beadler Road in King O, Prussia. I was out doing a show with the boss man, Krause, six weeks ago. Had a good time. Fun spot. 
Good Eats, as a matter of fact, come out and have some dinner. Uh, we'll shoot the breeze with you, and then we'll tape an episode of Birds 365. So join us tonight at uh, Screwballs in King of Prussia. All right, so we got to make our way out there, which means Schuylkill Expressway. Um, you coming over the Ben Franklin or the Wally Whitman? Wally Whitman. Wally Whitman it is. Now, will your car just by osmosis go to uh, the Novacare complex? Is it because it that's... could? Yeah, it might. Uh, it might. I got a nice little uh, uh, shortcut to get to 42 that I will not unveil to anyone. Uh, who doesn't know the area but uh uh then you know there's nothing you can do with schuylkill you're kind of at uh the schuylkill's mercy the mercy of the schuylkill that would be correct uh and i i've done that if if i have to go by somewhere that i always go by and I'm not paying strict attention or whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I've done that. Yeah. I'll, I'll on, be I'm on getting autopilot. off an exit going, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. No, stupid. You're not getting off here. You get off here 49 out of every 50 yeah. times you come this way. But this is the 50th, you idiot. Just keep yeah. going. Yeah. yeah. You, I might get off on Broad Street now that you say that. <laughs> and I'll have to get Make back sure on. you just keep uh, heading on the Schuylkill Expressway. Out the King of Prussia. All right. Hey, uh, here's going to be a change. The Birds 365 show that we do here every day on uh, the Jacob Media YouTube channel. I take us whatever road we're going to go down. Sometimes a stray, as a matter of fact, which I did with wrestling earlier today. Um, but uh, nah, I, that's my fault. I am the that's guiding usual. force. Uh, yeah, I'm going to leave it up to you tonight, bud. Whatever you want to talk about. We're going to be good to go. We're going down a John McMullen road tonight. Oh, jeez. We're going to talk a lot of wrestling then. Jeez. I, I don't I, know if anybody's going to show up I will be ready if that's that. where you're going. I promise. I you're you're always ready for whatever road I take yeah. you down. So if you want to steer the ship I might tonight, go, brother. I might, I might go. Who knows? Who knows where I go? I might go movies. I might go politics. I might go pro wrestling. Now, we'll probably talk about the NFL. Because otherwise, Krause will strangle me. So, right. Uh, yeah. We'll talk some Steelers. I've talked too much Vikings, so we'll talk some Steelers. Yeah, we, did, we did do a lot of Vikings tonight, but that, that is the Thursday night game. Steelers-Vikings again. If you're coming and out we'll to talk a lot tonight, of Eagles. We'll talk a lot of Eagles. A lot of Eagles. Uh, good place to watch the Thursday night game, so feel free to uh, stick around after we finish taping our show. Good spot to watch the uh, Thursday night game, which would be a good one. And, yes, it'll just put another nail in the coffin of Mike Zimmer and his head coaching days. Uh, and it will. Uh, the Steelers are going to win the game. And that will be Ooh, good that's for a, the Eagles, That's a bold way. stance by oh, John yeah. McMillan. You know, you're getting three and a half points with the Steelers tonight. The much-respected Mike Zimmer Vikings at home. The, Why? The I much, don't know. The are much, a favorite. The much-respect, as I said, you, you don't get my whole conversation. The much-respected much Mike Zimmer uh, people have stopped listening to him. Yeah, they have cashed out on him. So I said, if you are going to keep him, you got to turn it over from a personnel standpoint. The personnel there, they're done. They're out. And Steelers. And, oh, by the way, that's a good thing, Eagle fans, because the Vikings are still statistically in the mix for that wild card spot. And the Eagles didn't play the Vikings this year. Eagles could be in the running against... Oh, by the way, Sunday is Falcons against uh, uh, Panthers, and the winner of that game will stay in the mix. The other one, will the loser, will take a step backwards. Either way, Eagles have a win yeah, over they that have team. A win. 
San Francisco hurts. They have a win over the Eagles in Washington. I agree with Rob. Rob said San Francisco is going to get one spot. I think they'll do enough. And then Eagles-Washington football team have the inside track. If one of those teams can split, and I've been saying this, if one of those teams can sweep the series, they're Stunt. making the playoffs. That team they're is making absolutely the making the playoffs. No questions asked. All right, uh, that and more will be discussed tonight on a special live edition on location, Screwballs be La Road, King of Prussia, a Birds 360. I got to get off the beach, Jody. I got to get up there. Get away from Ocean Resort oh, and get up the right. screwballs. Look how nice it is where you're right. at. Yeah. And you you got a sunnier day than I do. But I'm gonna I'm sucking it up and going too. So we'll we'll both be out in King of Prussia. Uh good show, partner. I'll see you in a couple hours. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.